Hello friends, this is Derek Swebman here, and before we get into the sermon, I want to read the scripture for you because we do our services live on Zoom and someone else reads the passage for the morning. You can't really hear it that well, so I'll read it. It's from Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5, and it goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And it was evening, and it was morning the first day. So that is our text for this morning, the first Sunday after the Epiphany. And also, I do a couple of stories at the very beginning of the sermon. You won't be able to see the props, but uh, one of them is this amazing Lego X-Wing fighter uh, that my daughter built, and another is uh, some pictures from a slideshow, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to connect the dots, but otherwise enjoy the sermon, and we'll see you next week. Grace and peace. Thank you, Joel, for reading that. Um, I want to start with this um, this story. Well, not really a story, but this experience uh, we had over Christmas. Uh, one of the things my son wanted to get my daughter, um, his sister, was a, a Lego set. And we're all Star Wars fans around here, especially the kids. And um, so he he chose for her uh, this right here, this this guy this X-Wing fighter, this is a Lego thing. And it even works like you can see the wings open. Pretty nice. And, um, but here's the thing. It, it, when it came out of the box, it was just a pile of hundreds of little pieces. And she dumped them onto the floor and she had the, the book open, you know, the instruction book. And she just started to build it. Now, if you give me, if you gave me this as a gift, um, it would still be a pile of Legos uh, because I don't, I, don't, I don't build things very well. But just watching her in a matter of like 30 minutes just put this together. And again, it, I mean, again, it works. Like we're not talking about like it's duct taped together. This thing is a functioning X-Wing fighter, uh, which I'll steal and put in my office. But um, I was just Im so impressed just watching her do it. She's only, you know, eight. how old is she? Uh, she's, nine. she's nine. I forgot how old she is. Um, but uh, that's just not my skill set. I don't know if you uh, are like that too, but it's it's overwhelming to me to have to to put things together. Um, I want to share. I'm going to try to share my screen with you here because this other story. Uh, well, hang on. Let me find my. Uh, there we go. Maybe. All right. So I tried to do this a couple of <laughs> sermons ago, but I'm not real good at it. All right. Share. Yeah. Hang on. I always do this. Okay. So this is... Um, so the guy in the hat... I hope you all can see that. The guy in the hat, the huge hat, is named Pete. And Pete is a friend of mine, and we've known Pete for a long, long time. And Pete uh, has been building houses for people 
in Mexico and in Guatemala for, gosh, close to 20 years at this point. And um, the guy on the right there is my dad. And so we would take trips early in my time here at the, at the church. We would take trips to Mexico to help Pete build these houses for people just outside of Juarez. And uh, just, just to make sure you know that I was actually there, that's me on the roof with the Save Ferris t-shirt and the nail gun that I probably don't know how to use. Uh, but that's me uh, overseeing my dad's work. As you can see, I'm monitoring that. But just so you know that I was there. Um, but the thing about these builds was uh, this picture here. When you arrive at the site, it's just a pile of boards and other pieces of wood and just a piece of property. And it's a little overwhelming as to what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, if I go back to Pete here, Pete was so amazing because he would show up to this thing with no blueprints, nothing on paper. It was all in his head. And he would say, we need this many boards cut at this length. We need to do this with this set of boards. We need to build this structure. And he would just talk us through it piece by piece by piece. And uh, he had just, it, it was not overwhelming to him. It was a very easy thing for him to do mentally and of course, physically. And then of course, you know, we end up with this house at the end of the, you know, at the end of our time there, we have built this functioning, safe place for people to live. But for me, very stressful. Uh, I have a very different um, uh, reaction when I see, you know, things about, um, you know, to build and stuff like that. But okay. Um, my response to a task, like putting something together, be it a Lego thing or something from Ikea, or a house in Mexico is, is stress and fear, because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm not good at putting things together. Uh, just ask my staff anytime we've built stuff. Um, I always have leftover parts from Ikea. Anybody like that? I always just have leftover pieces in Ziploc bags thinking we'll need them later when they fall apart. Um, but people who can look at a pile of parts and then put it together piece by piece and with patience, they are very, very impressive to me, and again, watching my daughter sit quietly on the floor for an hour while she turns a pile of Legos into something, uh, it was just something I envy. And when Joel read from Genesis 1, I'm sure you picked up on the themes of creation, of building, of making things. And we get this image of God who fashions life together. Uh, and though the passage is known as the creation story, one you may have heard a million times before, it's not a scientific text uh, about how the world was made. That's not what was interesting uh, to the writers. It, it's a theological text that tells us something very, very important about who God is. So a few things about this short passage, and then I'll offer some application for us. The first is this. Even though it's the first story in the Bible, and there's some significance as to why it sits at the very beginning, uh, but even though it's the first story in the Bible, it's not the oldest text in the Bible. Uh, it was written during the 6th century BC, and this is uh, during a time uh, that we know as the exile uh, for the Israelites. For the ancient Isra Isra uh, Hebrew people, um, the exile was one of the most traumatic events in their history. Uh, and I don't want to get into a lot of dates, but in the early in the 6th century, Jerusalem is destroyed by the growing and expanding Babylonian Empire. And all of these people are taken 
from their city, from their home, and forced to live in Babylonian cities and towns and uh, become citizens in those places. It was very, very traumatic. And one of the things that was destroyed uh, in that process was, of course, the temple. And like I said a second ago, this was the most traumatic experience uh, that they had endured up to this point. We separate time B.C. and A.D., but Jews separate it uh, by saying first temple and second temple period. It's that traumatic uh, when the first temple was destroyed and the second is being rebuilt. And the social and political and spiritual injury that they suffered lies at the heart of all the writings of the major prophets in the Old Testament. So when you read the prophets, which I know you're doing, uh, what you're reading are voices that are speaking into this very situation, uh, spanning a couple of hundred years' time from being conquered by the Assyrians and then later the Babylonians and then the Persians. Uh, you, that's what you're reading. And it's most vividly described uh, in the anguished poetry of the Old Testament book known as Lamentations. Just the title itself should be a clue. This is a sad story. And from within that injured state, this story of creation was written. And it was written as an inspired source of hope and of a future. I want you to listen to the words again, at least the first part. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. That phrase, without form and void, is a rhyming Hebrew phrase, tohu vavohu, and it simply means unordered, chaos, uninhabited. So you can sort of picture what's happening in the mind of the writers. And part of what the text is doing is pushing you and me, the reader, to consider those seasons when our lives felt without structure, uh, without form, and empty. Uh, You can feel what they had seen, their city, their former lives, lying in ruins, and emptiness had replaced a former robust set of memories of life and joy. It goes on to say, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Some versions say over the face of the deep, which is much more frightening. Uh, This phrase is very haunting, uh, but it's really one of the most beautiful phrases in the passage. It stands there as this reminder that God is present in all of the disorder. Uh, it also it, it, it's also this tension builder. It's setting up the fact that God is going to do something with this disorder. Um, and for the Hebrew people, it was the it was the disorder of the exile and of the removal from their old way of life and into a new one. The writer is setting up a scene where God will bring order and rest and life from the rubble of brokenness. This is really at the heart of the story. There's an old Latin phrase, uh, creatio ex nihilo. It's always used about, well, God creates things out of nothing. That's what it means. Uh, But this text is not about that. This text is creatio ex chao, out of chaos that God creates and rebuilds. And I love these words uh, that, that were read earlier as well. And it says, and God said, let there be light. So this is the first thing in the story that God creates. The creation of light is labeled as the first day uh, of creation. So the first thing God does is he breaks the darkness 
with light. It's a strong poetic image. And the road to healing, and this is what the writer is getting at, the road to healing and reconstruction, it begins with light. It begins with being able to see. Day one and its light is the promise of a hope and of life. It's a promise of orientation, of safe ground. Uh, light opens up a way. It gives courage uh, and confidence to take a step forward because you can see. And so, uh, and most importantly, uh, that God would be the light by which uh, we are guided through life. And so the creation of light on the first day is uh, is so symbolic of just being able to move forward, to wake up, uh, and to see uh, what's ahead of us again. And what's interesting to me is when the Jewish and Christian communities ordered the stories in the books of the Bible, they made this the first. This is the first passage we get. Uh, this is the first story we read when we open the Bible. No matter whether you're Jewish or Christian, this is it. And that's a risk because, again, at least in the West, it's been over the last 150 years uh, since Darwin wrote his book, uh, Christians have felt the need to make this a scientific text. Before that, no one ever saw it that way. Um, they saw it for more for what it was. Um, so it's a risk to put this first, or at least it is now, because it feels like you're already in this fantastical realm before you even get to uh, a lot of history that we have in the Bible. But why? Why is it this story? Well, it is a passage in its fullness, if you read the whole thing, that tells the story of God's presence in chaos and God's willingness to rebuild our world and our lives when things have broken, and it's a day-by-day-by-day process. And perhaps this story is first because, literally, the rest of the Bible is just scene after scene after scene of chaos and brokenness. It's one of the things I love about the Bible. It doesn't hide the fact that the characters and the people and the stories in there are really messed up. And uh, we there's no way to walk through or around the chaos and the brokenness that exists in the stories of the people in the Bible, of people just getting it wrong and falling apart and causing great pain in the world. It doesn't hide that. I like it. There's no airbrushed sense of perfection about the Bible. It's very grungy and dirty and earthy uh, when we get into the stories. And this story functions as a uh, reminder to take with us of how God can and will act as a rebuilder of life when things fall apart. It's a founding document for how we work through our days. Uh, so when we take steps in our days, when we live our lives and things are chaos and crazy and our life feels void and without form, etc., we have this founding story, this first story of the Bible to remind us that when things are like that, without form and void, our God is hovering over the face of the deepness of all that pain and all that chaos, and he will bring order into our lives. And I would say that our world right now uh, looks like a pile of Legos, at least to me, and it's very stressful. It's very overwhelming. I know that I find myself more and more with some of you and, and people away from our church as well, just saying, listen, social media is probably not your best place for mental health right now because it feels like um, a pile of Legos that you just can't even begin to rebuild. There's so many things that feel 
uh, disordered, that feel without form, that feel empty, and it's very stressful, at least for me. Uh, and I'm sure I'm speaking to some of you as well. And our lives can look like that too. And as we sit here on the first Sunday during the Epiphany season, and I love the Epiphany season, it matters so much uh, because it is about awakening to the presence of God in our world and in our lives, and most importantly, in our pain and in our chaos. And I would say the application here is quite simple. Uh, In fact, you could probably finish this sentence. I mean, this is the thing that pastors say, but the application is quite simple. And it's to always remember that when you are staring into the face of the deep, whatever that is for you, uncertainty, doubt, pain, uh, joblessness, the list is long. Whenever you are staring into the face of the deep, into the darkness of uncertainty and chaos, that the spirit of God, and the Hebrew word there for spirit is the word ruach, which means breath, that the living, breathing breath of God is there. And it's our task as people to come awake to that, to be aware of God's presence uh, in, our, in our darkest and most chaotic and uncertain moments. So I have grown through the years to love this first story of the Bible. If you open my Bible, uh, there's so much written in the margins and so many lines and graphs that I've made. I mean, I have to buy a new Bible uh, because you can barely see the text anymore. But I have grown to love this story as a Uh, as the introduction to the whole story of the Bible. It makes so much sense to me that we are given, before we get anywhere in the Bible, this story that reminds us that, hey, whatever happens, whatever goes on in your life, God is present, and he will rebuild and refashion what's broken. And I love that about the story. And I feel like that's how we should read it. Most of us haven't read it since the third grade, but you can re-engage it knowing that the writer's put this in place as a, as a source of encouragement and of hope. And with that, I want to leave you uh, to your next breakout. We have some great questions uh, to kind of walk you through what you've heard today. Um, not because I've said any of these words, but just because the, these things are important for us to think through. So have a good time in your breakouts. Talk about these things, and I'll see you on the other side of that breakout for communion. I can't